Hello, everyone. My name is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. It is Saturday, August the 12th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our fourth installment in our limited series on preparedness. We've talked so far about how to prepare for an EMP or cyber attack, uh, how to prepare for an economic collapse. Last week, we talked about how to prepare for civil unrest. Uh, and now we're going to be talking about how to prepare for a natural disaster. And I can think of no one better uh, to dialogue about preparedness than my good friend and your friend too, Randy, who you listen to every week on our World Events Update on uh, Wednesday. And so Randy will be joining us here in just a second. We're wrapping up another full week. So much uh, content out there for you to go back and, and check out. And by the way, don't forget our website has a ton of other uh, resources and content for you. We've got devotionals that you can read. We've got videos archived. Um, but uh, this week on our podcast, we started the week with Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions, episode five. And that's available out there. Then we uh, were on the Christian Underground News Network on Tuesday and talked about things that can never undo the believer's salvation. Still getting a lot of great feedback on that one. I hope that was encouraging for you. Tuesday night was Prophecy Night, and we did a dedicated Q&A, talked about some great subjects like the Nephilim and... Uh, just uh, the, the the creation account in Genesis and why the gap theory doesn't work. Uh, of course, uh, our good friend Randy was with us on Wednesday for World Events Update. Thursday, we had Nathan Jones on to talk about the mighty angels of Revelation. And then uh, yesterday, Shane, wow, knocked it out of the park with a double-edged sword of technology and tyranny. He and I are in close contact uh, probably closer than we have been for a long time right now because I'm working on my new book, which is all about the false prophets' role in the global technocracy coming up. And so Shane and I are always uh, dialoguing back and forth about uh, cutting-edge issues with technology. But uh, today we want to just give you some practical encouragement and some resources that you might uh, be able to use and some thoughts, uh, th things that you might want to think about as you think about uh, the potential for a natural disaster. So Randy, uh, thanks for joining us uh, today. I know there's a lot of crossover in some of these podcasts we've done about preparedness because fundamentally preparedness means being prepared for whatever may be coming down the pike. But uh, today we want to focus on natural disasters. So take it away. All right. Well, I think on our Wednesday podcast a couple of weeks ago, I made the comment that experts believe that 90% of the population will be dead after a disaster, EMP, all of that within 12 months. Well, I'm teaching a class right now that lasts three weeks. And I'm going to tell you what, after what we've went through and finding out how bad a shape I'm in, I think 90% of us will be dead in two weeks. I don't think there's going to be a year so you guys can come in and take all of our food and everything else because, America, we are not prepared. Mm. So let's talk about natural disasters. We have floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, volcanoes, solar flares, and ice. Those are the ones I usually consider to be the most dangerous because they have the possibility of being the largest and to affect the greatest amount of the population. Now, natural disasters are much different than the EMPs, the nuclear war, et cetera, because more than likely they will be on a somewhat limited sized area. Now, in the case of earthquakes, that may not so be so true, but I don't know that we're ever gonna see something stretching over the 
Western United States or not. The type of disaster is going to be the main thing, deciding what you're going to prepare for, uh, the safety precautions you're going to have to take, and what you need to set your mind for. If you live on the coasts, by far your biggest danger is going to be hurricanes. Now, the uh, water off the coast of Florida is between 101 and 103 degrees every day. There are storms out in the eastern Atlantic heading your way. If those storms hit around the Florida coast, you could have hurricanes the size of which have never, never been seen on planet Earth during our lifetime. Now, the problem with hurricanes that hit on the eastern coast of Florida, we have what is called the Gulf Stream that goes parallel in its body of water, it's a couple of miles wide, basically starts on the eastern edge of Florida, goes north following the coast up to North Carolina, and then over to Europe. This is what provides much of the heat for Europe during the winter. Now, the problem with this is a hurricane will go right up that body of water and could slide into New York, D.C., Philadelphia, all within probably 10 hours. You could go to bed, wake up in the morning, and New York City could be underwater. So when hurricanes hit this year, you're going to have to be especially um, on guard. Uh, you see something coming. It looks like it's going to hit Florida. As soon as you can tell it's going to hit Florida or especially the southern part of it, I would make plans to evacuate. Evacuation is your safest and best bet. And I would evacuate to the north, not to the west. Um, Florida, 88 miles wide. Some of these hurricanes have winds that extend out 100 miles. Not going to do you any good. So prepare, understand what's coming. Listen to the National Weather Service, um, your local weather service, whatever. They're going to give you the best ideas. And let, let uh, me jump in on the hurricanes here. When you say to the north, you mean, obviously, get out of Florida. Once you get out of Florida, you can go west to you sure. know, any any yes. of the Gulf states if the hurricane's not going to hit there. But um, yes, but, you, you know, uh, the key to evacuation is to get out early. Now, I know, especially those who are like minded with us uh, are kind of anti government because we see how much harm the government has done and how controlled it is uh, controlled that is by the Luciferian uh, elite. Uh, so a lot of times when some government bureaucrat gets on TV and says, you know, you need to evacuate or you need to wear a mask or you need to get this vaccine, that kind of thing, our knee jerk reaction is to resist it. Uh, so I'm not saying when 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 Randy says, and I and, I, and you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, uh, when he says you know you need to evacuate, he's not saying hey do whatever the government tells you. He's saying think for yourself and be wise. If there is a hurricane coming, that's that's one of the things that you know we can actually see. It's hard to kind of fabricate that, and they are more slow moving than some natural disasters, which are more sudden. If you see it coming and it's going to hit, you need to get out of the, out of harm's way. So whether the government tells you to or not, don't do it because they tell you to, uh, you know, think for yourself. And, uh, and the key is going to be early. The earlier you get out, especially in high population density areas, uh, the, the more likely you are to stay ahead of all the traffic and, and, and reach safety. Exactly. Now, when Katrina hit Louisiana back in whatever year that was, it's been so long ago, I don't remember exactly. 
there were four or five other hurricanes that hit Florida the same year. Now, I had friends that stayed in Florida because they didn't want to uproot and get out of town. But they're all of the opinion they will never do it again. Um, between the winds, the waves, and everything else, it's unbelievable the damage they cause and what you're going to try to go through. Um, hurricanes, again, you're going to be waiting 72 hours minimum to maybe a month for help to come in. Now, just a couple of little tidbits that I've noticed on hurricanes, don't do it. Never, ever leave your windows and doors open if a tornado approaches or if a hurricane approaches. It always used to be, oh, leave them open, it equalizes the pressure. The University of Kansas did some really good research on this a couple of years ago, and they proved that if the windows and doors are shut, you have a 75% more likelihood of the building standing after the actual windstorm. Also, all these people that tape their windows, save your time. It does nothing except look stupid. If something hits it, they're going to break. If the wind hits it, it's going to break. They're not going to fall out in nice chunks. You're going to have big jagged edges. So if you want to board them up, that's great. But putting putting the tape on it, an absolute dumbest thing I've ever seen people do. You're wasting masking tape and time. So just now, on a hurricane, JB is right when he says, don't necessarily listen to the government. Let them give you directions. Let your brain and the good Lord give you directions. By the time they are warning you to get out, it is usually 48 hours or less, and that's not enough time. First off, you'll never make reservations out of state where you want to go. You don't have time to board up. You don't have time to get ready. Um, Main thing with hurricanes, when you see it's a large storm and you get an idea where it's going, I think you're going to be happy if you spend a few hundred bucks evacuating to the north or west, east, wherever it's at, getting out of the way because you're alive. Your property may be destroyed. That can be replaced. But you and your family cannot be your pets. So always take heed. Now, the damages can be not much of anything. They can be severe. When I went to Katrina and most of the other hurricanes that have hit in the last 15 years, we would get a call to go to a residence. And some of these are fairly close to the shore. We would show up. And the house wasn't there. It was gone, completely destroyed, all the way to the foundation. There wasn't even an address there. So we had to use GPS to figure out exactly where we were. Um, I remember seeing boats that had been in the lake that were sitting on the interstate. They'd been blown completely out of the water. And we're talking large, large boats here. Um, Walls of the buildings are going to be gone. I mean, Stay away till it's safe to go back in, then go if you need to. But you need to have an escape route. You need to have your go bag for each of you to get out. And it's going to be at least 72 hours, maybe longer. Um, You know, Florida's flat. Uh, The power lines are still above ground in most places. There are very few evacuation routes. So don't, don't be the last one. Because when I went down to Hurricane Katrina, I looked to my left, which would have been looking to the west, and I could see Katrina coming on, and I'm about 50 miles from it. Now, it looked like a big thunderstorm, but by the time I got to Katrina, I found out it was a little bit larger than a thunderstorm. (laughs) 
get out, have your go bags, uh, have your cash because the ATMs will be down or they'll be um, empty. Gasoline, probably the tanks will be empty, the electricity down, plan ahead. Now this year with your conditions, it's gonna be worse than ever. And I would say all the way from Florida, all the way up to New York City, you should prepare now because yeah, more than likely you're going to have a problem. Yeah. And a couple of comments. Uh, so I I, uh, I think most of you know, I grew up on the Gulf Coast and went to high school and college in the Houston area. And uh, so I was in high school when Hurricane Alicia hit. And uh, thankfully, you know, our area of Houston was not devastated, but we were without power for several days. And I can remember even in our neighborhood where I grew up, uh, you know, the neighbors across the street got power before we did. And so there were extension cords running across the street from one house to another just to get some power for, you know, a few things. I mean, this was way before cell phones and laptops and all of that, but, you you know, you needed it for a few things. Or maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember. I just vividly remember all these extension cords running across the street from one house to another. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, you, you know you're going to be not necessarily – a wholesale devastation, although that could that could happen uh, and has, but there are other minor or less significant, significant I might say, uh, you know, inconveniences uh, as well. And so, and then the other thing I just wanted to throw in here, uh, just because we know the government can control and manipulate hurricanes, does not mean they always do it. So you've got organic, you know, actual natural storms that just arise, and then you've got ones that are you know, fomented by evil actors out there for certain, you know, uh, uh, for an agenda. So it's not an either or thing. It could be one or the other. I don't mean to suggest that every time we get a rainstorm that the, the government's messing with the weather, but they are doing it more and more as we've experienced in Colorado this year. It's been some devastating, uh, you know, weather and storms in our area. Yes. And I think it's going to get worse more than better, but, you know, hurricanes present different challenges. Uh, everybody thinks oh, it's a big windstorm, there's some rain, so we go home and no big deal. But there are things that take place in a hurricane that don't usually take place in the other disasters we're gonna talk about. When you go home and you live on the coast, you have to watch out for alligators, snakes, and rats. Because when you leave, I can promise you, when you come home, you're gonna have guests. Now, when I was working Katrina and a bunch of the other ones, we would there would be debris from your clothing, your furniture, all over the house, but you would see that move in a wave. There were alligators underneath the debris. Hmm. You would walk outside, sit down on the uh, driveway or the steps, and there would be a stinking snake right beside you. Hmm. So these are things you're not going to see probably in a solar flare. You may see them in a flood, of course, but, you know, as you go back and most of the people that are subject to the hurricanes probably are experienced and they understand this, but it gives you some challenges you're not going to have otherwise. In a hurricane, you're probably not going to get a motel anywhere close to where you're at. Your car will not work because if it's been submerged, you're going to have damage throughout the car. So think ahead, think of what the problems could be. And this year with with the government's situation, with the sea temperatures and everything else, I would imagine we're going to see some storms we've never seen before. And they could be right on the tail of each other. So start thinking now, where do we want to go? When do we have to leave? What do we have to take? 
you'll be glad you did because I think this year is going to be more of a challenge than most. Yeah. Here we go, Meg. Go ahead. And sorry, I just, you know, I couldn't help but you mentioned snakes and alligators and stuff. Uh, this is off the subject, but I don't know if anybody saw the story yesterday on the mainstream news. I was, you know, doing some research online and came across it. And I, it was one of the craziest stories I've ever seen. But a gal down in Texas was mowing her lawn. She lived out on property, actually not too far from where I'm going to be uh, in November, teaching a class at a school down there. But uh, anyway, she was mowing her lawn and all of a sudden out of the sky, drops a four-foot snake that hits her and then wraps itself around her arm. And moments later, this hawk comes diving into her and smashes into her several times trying to get that snake. Evidently, the, the hawk had dropped the snake. That was where the snake originated. And so this woman, in a matter of seconds, I'm sorry to, to laugh. It's not funny at all. It was horrifying. But I just, it's like, this is the type of biblical plague that you... You would think, but this 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 hawk dropped the snake. It hits the woman. What are the odds of that? And then the hawk attacks the woman, trying to get her the snake back. But I mean, if I, you know, I'm sure if that woman is a prophecy buff, she probably was sitting there thinking, "Have I missed the rapture? Am I in the tribulation with these, you know, cosmic judgments that are happening?" But imagine being hit by a snake and a hawk within moments of each other. What a bizarre experience. You see, that, that kind of stuff creeps me out. Those are the kind of friends you don't want. Do not <laughs> hang around people that have that kind of luck. Now, that, that's a good point because hurricanes and tornadoes can pick up debris and send them 100 miles away. Mm -hmm. So you could have rats. You could have, you know, in certain places of Texas have the nastiest looking tarantulas I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, prepare, think about it, go into it very cautiously because more than likely, you're going to have some friends there you did not anticipate. Hmm. All right, floods. Floods can be very devastating. They can be very insidious. Uh, what I find and what I've seen people do, absolute dumbest thing I've ever seen. If the water is across the road, you stop. The ones that go across the road and all of a sudden their vehicle goes forward and then you see them moving down the street. Now, that is not a joke. I have seen this, especially people with Jeeps and Subarus. Now, there are stories about these kind of people, but they think they can go where no one else can. A moving water system, flood, whatever you use, creek, whatever. If it is over 12 inches deep, your vehicle has a good chance of being swept away. Mm. Once you're being swept away, you're in the body of water. You're not going to open your doors. You're not going to jump out. Uh, you're going to scream. Your cell phone might work and you can alert people. They may see you. But as we found out in Katrina, there were hundreds of people swept out to sea. They never recovered. Hmm. Now, did they drown? Were they gator bait? I have no idea. But there were bunches of them never recovered. Floods will do the same thing. Floods can go from a small stream to a huge river in a matter of minutes. Um, Colorado, where we have burn scars from the um, fires that we've had, these will create a flash flood in a matter of moments. Always be careful in a flood. You get caught in a flood. I don't think there's anything really to prepare for. Just have a life jacket and how to swim and then tell yourself you're never going to do it again. Um, tornado. You know, the difference between a tornado and a hurricane. Hurricanes are extremely violent. They're very huge. But a tornado is probably the most 
dangerous storm on Earth. Hmm. The wind speeds can be up over 300 miles an hour. They can, uh, you know, they can affect large areas. Um, I used to live in Lincoln, Nebraska. We had a small town called Hallam. And I'm watching the news one night when the tornadoes were moving. And the newscaster came on and said, this is where Hallam used to be. Hmm. The tornado was two and a half miles wide. Wind speeds were over 120 miles an hour. And when I went down to Hallam a couple of days later to help some people, there were a few structures still standing. Most of the town was gone. Mm. Um, the way to hide from a tornado is get out. Don't go up to the storm. Don't see how close you can get. And when you see the debris flying, understand that could be you. Now, I've had I've had several circumstances myself. One down the interstate in Iowa, a big black cloud was to my right, which would have been south because I'm heading to Des Moines. All of a sudden, everything got dark. I stopped. This big black cloud moved in front of me across the interstate, and it left a barn door spinning in my lane of traffic, which was about 300 feet from where I was, and a tour bus going the wrong way in the lane of traffic going back to the west. Now, you couldn't tell it was a tornado. You could not see a funnel cloud. You just saw it was black. All of a sudden, you you had this feeling of impending doom, so you stopped. But I will guarantee you this uh, busload of elderly people, um, I bet they had a new outlook on life just as soon as they could get out of that. Mm. But they're now, extremely violent storms. What do people say uh, you're supposed to do, uh, if you know, I, I imagine you probably do, in a situation like that? I've heard people say, get out and lie in a ditch, uh, You know, as far as being in your car. Uh, if you find yourself, you know, in the midst, because we actually do a ton of traveling by car, as people know, over the last 20 years. And I can't tell you the number of times we've come upon bad weather and storms. And often we've just pulled off under an overpass or places like that. But if you if you feel like there's a tornado, is what's the safest thing to do if you're in your car? Get in the ditch. Okay. Absolutely. The best thing you could do. Now, the problem is you can have flash flooding with a tornado also. So you could theoretically drown. And it has happened. Don't go into a culvert because you don't know what other animals are in there. And if the water comes through there in a in a blaze of glory, you're not going to get out. Mm-hmm. The ditch is the best place. Uh, if you have to stay in your car, your chances of survival go down greatly. But do not get up over the underpass. Everybody goes, that looks like it's safe. Well, when the University of Kansas did their research, they said, one of the worst places to go under the overpass because it will suck you out, suck you up into the storm. And then wherever you end up, who knows? Well, so, so already I have, I'm over two because I have been guilty in the past growing up in hurricane regions of taping my windows with masking tape, which <laughs> by the way, you sounded a bit like a, a masking tape apologist there. I mean, you were worried about <laughs> wasting masking tape. I mean, so what? So, but but no, you're right. It is kind of obviously, apparently, uh, a waste of time. And now I've also been guilty of, of seeking uh, shelter under an overpass. So, uh, well, uh, you're you're not the only one that's done. Every time I see a tornado, I get under there if I can't travel the other direction. Best thing is travel in a right angle to the tornado. Get out of dodge. Now, I have this desire sometime to take one of these tours during 
tornado season because I want to get up close and personal. Not that close, but I want to get up because I think they're the most amazing storms I've ever seen. However, there have been some fatalities doing that. So that might not be the smartest thing I've ever done, but I'm old. I'm ready to go. I'd kind of like to experiment. Yeah. So but, you're talking about hurricane hunters, right? You know, that people that do that. And, and the tornado hunters. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and the tornado, oh, the tornado hunters. I mean, yeah. So don't try this at home. That's kind of the, the idea there. Well, I'm not going to. Let's put it like that. I do remember the one black cloud that was in front of me in beautiful Iowa. As we saw it off off the road, there was a state trooper that passed me like there was no tomorrow. Hmm. Now, I think he knew something I didn't know <laughs> because he wasn't picking anybody up, but he was getting a hold of, or ahead of the cloud. So I don't recommend trying to outrun it. Dumbest thing ever, but try to get away if you can. Now, the devastation can be complete to nothing. But you're going to have to prepare like you do with the hurricane. Have your go bag. There will probably be help there fairly shortly, unless this is one large tornado in a rural area and you're way away from people. So the food, the water, and all those kind of things are not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is protecting yourself because they can pop up out of nowhere. Um, they can be on you in a matter of seconds. So again, the weather warnings, they come through. They don't do it for fun. Take heed and protect yourself, protect your family. Um, put the dog in the car with you because cat, well, cats, I'd leave them, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So speaking of. Speaking of the alerts, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, have a rare opportunity here to chime in and say, you know, one of the benefits of technology, you know, we we are pretty down on technology and the way that the Luciferians are using it to usher in a control grid. Uh, but let's face it, it is a blessing to live in a time where you, if you have a smartphone, you can get that piercing alert that we've all gotten that says, hey, tornado we got one just the other day and i you know it was it where it said it was was about 20 miles uh from where we are and so i ran outside of my office and just looked to see if i could see which direction the clouds were coming from and you could definitely tell a storm was coming uh, i did not see the funnel cloud but later people on social media posted pictures of it and it was horrific i mean it, it was uh i'm you know so thankful that it, it didn't come uh, near us. And there were no fatalities or anything, thankfully, because it's a fairly rural area. But uh, yeah, when you when those alerts go off, uh, take them seriously, right, Randy? Exactly. But you know, here's the deal with humans, okay? I don't know anybody except my mother, bless her soul, that went into the basement when a tornado was supposedly close. Everybody goes out and looks. Hmm. They're looking, where is it? How big is it? They wait till the last minute to get into the basement. Now, I'm guilty of that. But that's the absolute dumbest thing to do, mm. because if it's throwing debris and that car that it's got wrapped in there comes across, you're not going to be able to get into the basement before it hits you. One thing about tornadoes, besides the warnings you get, there are, and I know this because we were trained as storm spotters when I was on the fire department, there are clouds, they're called mammoth clouds. They look like cotton balls. When you know it's stormy in the area, you look up to the clouds and it looks like cotton balls by the hundreds are protruding from the bottom of the storm. What they told us is it is a sign of the turbulence 
there is usually a tornado within 40 miles of you. Hmm. Now, I don't know if that's still what they say because I haven't taken a storm spotting class in years, but you see the little puff balls and it turns green or it turns pink. That's your warning. That's God saying, move now or die here. So hmm. get out, move. Um, tornadoes, I consider the scariest thing I've ever seen. Hurricanes, eh. Um, never seen a volcano, never seen an earthquake. That probably would change my mind. But anyway, you should have help coming. Protection is the main thing. And escaping the path of the tornado is the biggest thing you want to worry about. All right. Um, volcanoes. Now, unfortunately, I never think of the United States as having a lot of volcanoes, but we have some of the biggest in the world. With a volcano, you may have days of a minor eruption before it happens. It may suddenly erupt. Uh, again, protection is the biggest thing. Get out. Do not try to sit there and take video. Like with Mount St. Helens, there's some really great video that a photographer was taking movies of. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get out of the way, and it took him to. Video survived. He did not. So, you know, with Yellowstone, with some of the other places, understand if we have a volcano in the United States, it's going to be major. It is probably not going to be a small one. It is going to take out uh, large areas. Devastation will be massive. Now, I've been reading in the last two days that one of the reasons that the ocean temperatures are getting warmer is because of all of the undersea volcanoes that are going on right now. So if that is indeed a fact, water's going to warm up. We're going to have hurricanes. We're going to have all kinds of problems coming on. And remember, tornadoes can happen any month of the year, any place. And Pikes Peak, Colorado is a good example. Uh, what was it, three weeks ago when we had one on Pikes Peak? Yeah, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever had them in the Arctic or Antarctic. It doesn't matter. Anywhere else, be prepared. Hurricanes, they're going to be basically on the coasts, volcanoes. You know, there are a lot of dormant volcanoes, some in Colorado, some in other states. I would imagine they could become active, but probably be more of a gradual onset. All right. Now, one thing that people don't think about and you need to really start considering are solar flares and coronal mass ejections. All right. Right now, we are in a very active part of the sun flare or the sun cycle. And there are large flares and coronal mass ejections being emitted every day. Now, I've got a gentleman that watches this for us, and he watches where it takes place on the sun, where it could be heading as far as our country goes. And he assures me he's alerted to all of them. I questioned him on one that happened, I believe, yesterday or it's going to happen today. He said, no problem. It is not aimed for our area of the earth. So we're good. Now, if we all die, or some of you die, and I'm alive, I'm going to hunt him down. I don't know where he lives for sure, but I think I can <laughs> geolocate. But no, he's a good guy, and Mike is very conscientious. He knows a lot about this stuff, so he would advise us. And I would, of course, advise everybody else, or we would, uh, if that happened. But you don't normally think of that, but if this is the start of the cycle, in 2024, 2025, these are going to be worse. Take out your radios, take out your TVs affect your cars. Um, and then, of course, then we're going to be dealing with the EMP, the grid going down or whatever. So again, you're going to have to protect yourself. 
but then prepare like you would for the EMP, the civil unrest. Have your go bags, have your food, have your guns, your ammo, whatever you want, have it available. It's always good to have all of this stuff available, but there are certain things you need to think about what you're planning for, preparing for, and have them have them available. Don't think you're going to pack your bag once something happens. Between the mayhem with the people, the traffic, and everything else, you want to get out. You want to get out as fast as you can. Um, learn a first aid course. Get some fire extinguishers. Because after all of these, you may be the fire department. Because nobody's going to get there in time to help you with that. First aid, let's face it, the first hour or two are going to be critical. Be able to take care of yourself. When I went down to one of the hurricanes, I worked as an insurance adjuster, and I pulled up to this house. It's about 10 days after the storm, and there's this gentleman and his mom sitting on the steps. House has got the windows out. Water's been in there. It's leaking out the side, and I go up and identify myself, and I said, why did you guys start repairs? Well, we're waiting for you. Bad idea. No. No, take care of yourself. Don't wait for help. I mean, I know, you know, I know some people aren't as sharp as others. We'll just leave it at that. But start thinking about this stuff because I see the weather patterns getting worse. I see the chances of the EMP, the cyber, whatever, getting much more likely. Prepare now while you can get your supplies. Get a hold of the books you need. Get a hold of JB's plan preparedness plan on his website, because if you start filling that out now, by the time something happens, if it's a year or two, you'll have that thing completed. Yeah. I got a call. I got a call from a a real close friend uh, yesterday. I think it was uh, who had listened to some of our podcasts and he just was like, you know, Hey, we, we really, we want to do something, but we feel overwhelmed. And where do we start? And I told him the same thing I'll say right here. As soon as this podcast is over, get in your car and go to Costco or Sam's or Walmart or something with our list that we you can download from notbyworks.org. Just click on the resources tab and, and you'll see it right there. It's called uh, NBW Preparedness Guide or something. And just start buying a few things. You just start. Take the first step. You can't do everything. Uh, you can't just magically become completely prepared. In fact, you can't completely prepare for every scenario. But you can do what you can do. And so, every time you go to the store, pick up a few extra food items. Pick up some of the supplies like rope and tape. And by the way, masking tape. Uh, you know, I know Randy's not a big fan of masking tape, but it can come in handy sometimes. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, just just do the next thing and, and start today. So starting is the biggest hurdle. Once you've sort of started preparing and and, and purchasing things and collecting things, by the way, if, if money is tight, which I know it is for a lot of people, you know, you can get, pick up a lot of good preparedness supplies at garage sales and Goodwill and places where it's very cheap, you know, things like rope and twine and tape and wire and plastic sheeting and plastic bags. And I mean, just anything that you might need in a, in a crisis. So, uh, so yeah, just uh, don't be overwhelmed that, you know, just uh, start taking action. Yeah. Start now. Don't wait. Uh, If you get all of this stuff on JB's list, it's going to cost you about 15 grand. It's going to take about 16 baskets from the grocery store, and you're not going to have a place to put them in your house. But be smart. 
you know, start thinking about what do I need? What's going to be the most important thing and get ready because I will tell you there are groups of people that expect this stuff and they are already starting. If you look at the prices, they're way up. You look at the supply, they're way down. So don't wait. Don't come to JB's house or my house asking <laughs> for food. You know, we might help you, but who knows? We may yeah. not be alive. And you remember those um, T-shirts that, you know, bomb squad people wear that say, if you see me running, uh, you know, follow me or something like that. Uh the same thing is true of watching what the global elites are doing. And for some time now, they've been buying bunkers way far out of major metropolitan areas. They've been, been abandoning high population centers. They know something that we don't. And so, and it and it's happening even more, as you just said, right now, there's an intensification of it. So I think everybody, you know, even believer, unbelievers and believers uh, recognizes things in this world are tense that there are any number of scenarios that could play out. We list all of, not all of them, but several of them on our preparedness guide. Uh, but one thing that I, you may be going, going to get to this, but I, I thought I'd throw it in here. What about fires? I mean, that's in Colorado, man, we have to think about that all the time. Yeah, that's a very good point because most states don't have to worry about fires like we do in the mountainous states. The mountainous states, again, have your go back. And have it complete because some of these fires, I watch these fires, people are getting cut off because they left too late because they took the wrong route. Um, you know, you can't fix stupid. And that's the biggest problem with preparedness all the way through. But when you live in a mountain, if you see a fire starting and it's even close to coming towards you, close by you, that's a good time to start making your plans. Because wasn't it in Boulder three years ago where that fire went through there in just a couple of days and wiped it out? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, with with roads being the way they are, with traffic being the way it is, um, try to repair don't, for a fire. Don't try to stay there and survive it. Get out. Mm. Because the fires, after being on the fire department, you do not want to be close enough to a large fire that you feel the heat because once you feel the heat, you know, you're not going to last long. You can't dig a hole big enough to bury yourself because it'll take the oxygen right out of the hole after you and your fire extinguisher and your garden hose. Leave them alone. Run. Get out of there. Garden hoses, I see people putting sprinklers on the top of their house. And what does that work? Maybe one out of 10,000 times? More than likely, the fire is going to shut the water system down or burn a hole in your hose. Does you no good at all. And a fire extinguisher against the fire, that size, please don't. You'll be one of the statistics. Hmm. But that's a good idea. That's very good that you brought that up because I'm from Nebraska. We just don't have fires that big that last that long. And so it doesn't really enter a person's mind. But in the mountains, in areas where there are forests, yeah. Yeah, and fires to, to me, forest fires are kind of a cross between a tornado and a hurricane in the sense of the danger they pose because they they can pop up very suddenly, but you know unless you're right in the immediate area, most of the time that we've experienced it, and we've been in in places, you know, we've been in Colorado seven years, and so we we know uh, we've had lots of situations where there were fires that we were keeping an eye on that were coming close. In fact, in one case, one got within a quarter mile of where my folks lived in the mountains when they lived in Colorado. 
and they were under an evacuation order. But, um, you know, the, 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 so they can be sudden for the people right there. But generally speaking, they're kind of like hurricanes. You can watch them and kind of see which way they're going to to be going and then make your make your decision, uh, you know, ahead of time. So, um, yeah, definitely agree with everything you just said. Uh, and you brought up some great points about how to, you know, not to try to take matters into your own hands there. You know, life is what matters most. You know, stuff can be replaced. Um and I know it's tragic, but that's why it's important to think ahead and plan ahead because you can have your bug out bags ready with all of your key stuff that you don't want to lose. Uh, and of course, fire safes are another thing uh, that you can use, but they're very expensive. And, uh, you know, especially to get one large enough to hold a whole lot of stuff, that's that's pretty expensive. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, what about basements? I mean, can you I guess if a fire hits, it's, you know, stuff's going to fall down on top of it and, and and all that. So you're not going to help yourself much there, are you? Well, and it sucks the oxygen out. It'll start fires inside of your house. Hmm. I remember going on a fire call. Basically, we had a we had grass fires, brush fires. The fire was coming at us when we're in the truck and it changed directions on us and it come back at us so fast that. We couldn't get out of the way. So we went underneath the truck with the fire hoses going. The fire went into a ball over the truck onto the other side of the road. Remember that fires are dangerous in that they can create their own weather. You will see lightning. You will see miniature tornadoes inside films of fire. They also can change direction on you so fast, you will not be able to outrun them. If you look at the firefighters killed in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, years ago, the fire switched on them and they started running away. The fire overtook them. They could not get out of the way. Mm. You're not going to outrun it. You're not going to outrun a tornado. You're not going to outrun an earthquake. Get out of the way beforehand. Um, Preservation of life is the biggest thing with any type of natural disaster. And the first thing is you engage your brain and you start thinking about scenarios, you discuss it with family members, whatever. Mm. Don't try to be a hero. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right. Any other uh, natural disasters that you wanted to talk about? I don't think there's really anything. You know, we talk about ice storms. And the problem is most of that doesn't involve fires, except maybe in a sporadic location. You know, it creates problems with travel problems with keeping warm and stuff like that. But of all of the disasters that we've talked about, that would be the most minor unless you're caught on a road or a highway mm-hmm. out outside. Most of the time that shouldn't happen. And it's going to be basically try to stay warm. Uh, never, ever run your car continuously with a heater on. It will provide enough carbon monoxide that you will not survive. You run it for 15 minutes, you shut it off. You wait 15 minutes, half hour, you could do it again. But make sure somebody knows that you were on the road where you were going. Make sure you tell them when you're leaving and when you get there, stay on traveled portions of the roadway. We had two elderly couples in Nebraska this last year went out in a snowstorm that turned into a blizzard. They took the wrong roads. They ended up 30, 40 miles away from where they should have. It took months to find them. And they were all deceased. Mm. So Mm. 
you know, if it's bright white out, stay where you're at, get into a building. Don't stay in your car, get into a building and then wait it out. We don't have snowstorms that last for a week. You know, back in the 30s and 40s, they had major snowstorms. But don't try to drive in a fire, in a tornado, hurricane, or anything else where visibility is reduced. You will get discombobulated. You will get confused. You will end up exactly where you don't want to be. And if you ever watch the movie Twister, do not put your belt around steel pipe thinking that if a twister comes over you, you're going to survive. I will promise you, you will not be laying there like they. You're going to be flying. You'll probably end up upside down like one victim we found. He was stuck in the mud head first with his bottom and legs sticking out of the hole because he wanted to watch a tornado. Mm. So, mm. Stupidity, that's one way to thin the herd, but not the preferable way. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, the, uh, you know, the, the overarching theme here, as with all of our preparedness discussions, is just, you know, be use common sense, you know, be, be knowledgeable, study, prepare. Uh, you know, in this day and age where information is so readily available, there's no excuse for not, you know, having a plan. Uh, and so uh, most people that that are, you know, that don't survive or are injured in a natural disaster, it's, it could have been prevented. Now I know some of it can't, I mean, obviously, you know, there are exceptions to that, but generally speaking, a lot of it is just stupidity and ignorance. And so uh, think ahead, use common sense. Um, You've given some great uh, advice on very specific advice on certain scenarios. And that's what I love about talking with you is you, you have, you know, some knowledge about things that I hadn't thought about, but um, yeah, this is uh, very helpful. And so any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, I don't think I have any words of wisdom left. Oh my goodness. We've, <laughs> we've exhausted the we well have. of Randy's wisdom. I never thought this day would come, but uh, mm -hmm. no, thank you so much, brother. And uh, of course, uh, these Saturday podcasts are a little, you know, a little different, a little shorter, a little just more information focused, but we always like to present the gospel at Not By Works. Our passion is the the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. So by any means, by, by all means, if you don't know the Lord, uh, please uh, examine your heart first. Uh, preparedness will wait, uh, but we're not promised tomorrow. And uh, you need to examine your heart and make sure there's been a time in your life when you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. He died and rose again to pay your personal penalty for sins. He wants you to be saved. Uh, he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so, uh, if you if you have questions about the gospel or how to be saved, reach out to us here at NBW Ministries anytime. You can call us at 1-800-895-1851. That number again, 1-800-895-1851. Or you can reach us uh, through email at our website, notbyworks.org. Randy, have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, can't wait to talk again next week. But of course, as you always remind us, you know, there's no guarantee you know, we'll still be here next uh, Wednesday for the next World Events Update. But if we are, I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Same here. All right. God bless everyone.